listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. We have been, for the last month or so, been focusing on the names of God. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been fun sharing and listening and studying. And, you know, there's a lot of things that we know, but sometimes we, we know a lot more than we actually put into practice, don't we? <laughs> we, we, if we, if we stop and think about it for a while, we, we, oh yeah, that's the truth. Maybe, maybe we should act like we know it, you know? And it's just good sometimes to be reminded about who God is and, and really, I think the bottom line at all is that He is big, and He is bigger than than any circumstance, anything that comes against us. He is He is big. He is faithful, and I think really the the key to to living a victorious life is always keeping our eyes on Him. That we never exalt anything higher than Him that we never make any problem in our life bigger than him. And uh when I when I think about him, sometimes I just go, Oh Josh, you got so much learning to do, you're growing up to do. Um you know, we sometimes I spend way too much time thinking about the problem rather than focusing on him who has the answer. And it's amazing when we focus on him, we make room for him, that he just is so faithful to come and to be everything that we need, to be God, to be His name in our life, to be peace, to be hope, uh, just to bring everything that we need. But it's been fun. And so we're going to continue just looking at the different names of God. And we started, uh, that was about, I guess, four weeks ago, and uh, I kind of kicked things off with um, this idea of knowing God in, in every season of life, that God wants to reveal Himself to us in every season of life, that every season has an assignment attached to it, and God wants to reveal Himself in a specific way that would strengthen us to walk and fulfill that assignment. And then Jody shared on El Shaddai. It was so good how God just wants to be powerful in our life, that He is the, I love this, He's the God of utter ruin and destruction and He wants to do for us the things that we cannot do for ourselves. And I'm so glad that God doesn't call us to these. He calls us to the impossible. But then He walks alongside of us, being El Shaddai, being powerful in our life, uh, to, to bring the possible into reality. And I'm so grateful for His presence and the way He, he is with us. And I shared a little bit on Emmanuel God with us, that again, in every season of life, that He is with us, that He is there. And the 23rd Psalm, you know, when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that there is no need to fear. We can be surrounded by darkness, but yet there is no need to fear because He is with us. He's with us through the process. That He is, He is, like we were singing, He's never failing. That He's always there. That we can, we can be encouraged. We can live a life full of courage because He is with us. And last week, Barton spoke on Jehovah Jireh. And what really stood out to me was how the Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider, and how that provision is attached to this place of obedience. That as Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son, Isaac, which 
doesn't make sense, right? It seemed to go against all the promises of God over Abraham's life. But in that act of obedience, that God was there. He was the provision. And God, He really is. There's a, you know, it's, it's interesting as the church, and you guys have heard the song Oceans. You know, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. You know, that is so much fun to sing. But God builds our trust, not just so we can get like a merit badge that says, you know, we have so much trust, but along with that trust is a call to obedience. And so he, he stirs us up. He, he, so that there's a, when, when we know our God, obedience and walking with him and moving with him, it's the natural response. It's, it's the yes is already in our heart before the request is made. And so that was, that was just really good last week. And so we're gonna we're gonna keep going this evening, and want to look at Jehovah Rapha, kind of like Mufasa. Say it again, Mufasa. Now Jehovah Rapha, which is the Lord who heals, the Lord who heals. The name Jehovah means the Lord or existing one, but it also communicates the eternal nature of God. That He is the Alpha, He is the Omega, He is the beginning and the end. He is the God who was, He is the God who is, and the God who will be. And there's a part of the name Jehovah that communicates that God, He is a covenant-keeping God. And we've talked throughout the weeks that you can't separate God's name from His actions. The meaning of His names are important because they tell us exactly what we can expect of God. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. It is His name and therefore we can expect that it is, it is in His nature that he will, he will heal. It's His desire to heal. And because of this, His name is His covenant with us. His very name is a covenant that He will be our name in our midst. He will never go against His nature. And so Jehovah, the Lord, the existing one, and then Rapha, simply to restore, to heal, to make healthy. This name Jehovah Rapha, it communicates that God is, He has always been, and He always will be our healer. It's part of the eternal nature of God. He has made a covenant with His people to be healer in our midst. And that's awesome, but, but not only is it part of his nature, it's, it's part of his DNA, it's who he is, but it's also in his heart. It's his desire to heal us. We look at John 3.16, we know the verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. And so we, there's this idea that while we were still in sin, that God sent His Son to die on a cross, that we could be saved. And in Isaiah 53, verse 5, we read about what took place on the cross. It says that, that Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, we are healed. Because of God's great love, He sent His Son to die on a cross that we could be saved that we could have access to the Father. And, but part of that salvation is healing. When Christ bore stripes in His body, He made a payment for our healing. And when, when God 
looked at us in, in our sinful state. And even in that state, his heart was full of love and compassion. And he made the decision to send his son to save us from our sin. It was in that moment that the decision was made. He expressed his desire to heal us. And we, we have to, we have to settle that. He wants to heal us. His desire is to heal us. It's not just because he has to. But his heart is for us to make us whole. And it's, it's not like it's a, a case by case basis, right? Where like there's this department in heaven and the angels kind of bring all of our, our emotional and our physical needs before God. And God's like, well, how, have they been really good this week? Have they, have they been giving? You know, cause, and, and based upon how good we are, well, then God will respond out of, it's, it's not like that. God doesn't heal us or have a desire for us based upon our goodness, based upon how well we perform. But he, he loves us and his desire to be engaged in our life and to bring healing to our life and, and salvation to our life is because he is a good, he's a loving father. He is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals, and he longs to be his name in our midst. And so it's the nature of God to heal, and it's the desire of God to heal. And I think to really understand God's desire to heal mankind, we need to take a look at Jesus. It's been said that Jesus is perfect theology. Jesus is perfect theology. What do I mean by that? I don't know about you, but I can get really, you can get really confused. There's a lot of opinion out there. You can listen to somebody and they'll say, you need to do this. To get it right, to be a good Christian, do this. You listen to somebody else and say, don't do that. Let's go do this. You read the next thing you know, you're just worn out because you're trying to do everything. You know, because you, there's a desire to, to get it right, to do it right, to do it well. If we want to know what we are called to, we have to look at the life of Jesus. There was the the bracelets, right? What would Jesus do? That was actually really good. (laughs) What do we believe? What did did Jesus do? How did Jesus relate to the sick? How did Jesus relate to the poor? How did He live His life? And we have to remember, Jesus only did the will of the Father. And so everything that Jesus did was the will of the Father made manifest in the earth. Everyone that Jesus touched was healed. That wasn't always the case with everyone. The disciples prayed for folks and they they didn't get healed all the time. There was a in Mark 9, the child who was tormented. And the disciples prayed and there wasn't breakthrough. But when Jesus came into the room, there was breakthrough. There was deliverance for that child. And the life of Jesus represents God's desire to heal. He's displaying the heart of God in the earth. It's interesting because there's times, I don't know about you, there's times where I've prayed for people and they, they didn't get healed. You know, Jody and I, we were at the bedside of, of someone that we loved very much while they were taking their last breath. And we spent a long time laying hands on them and, and praying resurrection life over them. And it never happened. 
And a few days later, you know, we, we buried him. And it's easy to be shaken in those moments. You know, it's easy to ask those questions. Well, if it's God's desire to heal, then why, why doesn't it always happen? And I could probably take another half hour and kind of give you very spiritual sounding reasons as to why that is the case. And there are probably people that could get up here and with 100% certainty give you an answer. But I can't. <laughs> and the, the simple, the honest answer is, I don't know. I don't know why. But I do know that, that my theology, what I believe, is not formed out of disappointment. What we believe is based upon the Word of God and what the Bible says about the nature and the character of God. I don't, in that, in that moment when someone is, is not healed, I don't, well, God must, you know, He must have changed His mind. He must have come up with a new idea, a new thought process. Jesus is perfect theology. And to understand the desire and the will of God, we have to look at the life of Jesus. And we, we don't adjust our theology to fit our experience. We keep going after Jesus, and as David did, when he would stir himself up, and he would stir up his faith, and we grow and we mature. And we, we keep growing until our reality comes into alignment with the reality of Jesus. Not to belabor the point, but we, let me say it this way. We never want to lower our expectation to fit our circumstances. We always want to stir ourselves up in the Lord that our faith would increase and our circumstances would come into alignment with God's expectation for our life. Scripture doesn't say greater is he who is in me than he is in the world until I had a really bad day and nothing went the way I thought. The truth doesn't change just because we're not feeling it. I don't do something that is not right just because it doesn't feel good at the time. The truth is the truth. And even when we don't feel it, and even when it doesn't seem like it, we have to come into agreement with our words and with our thoughts about the truth of who God is. We'll move on. Again, looking at John 3.16, this idea of salvation, that God loved us, that He sent His Son to bring eternal life. I'm, I'm thankful for salvation, but we know that salvation is so much more than just getting to heaven. I'm grateful for that fact. I'm grateful for the assurance of eternal life. But I don't know about you guys, but I want to walk in the fullness of salvation. The fullness. And there's a, a Greek word, sozo. And this word sozo, it means to be saved, but it goes deeper than that. It also means to be saved, to be healed, and delivered. To be saved, to be healed, and delivered. The fullness of salvation. You know, we're the sons and daughters of God. We were created to walk in the freedom of the Father. We were created to walk in the fullness of the Lord. To experience what David would call the benefits of the Lord. 
And in Psalms 103, David encourages us to, that we wouldn't forget the benefits of the Lord. In Psalm 103, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul. All my innermost being, praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sin and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. That's good news. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He is slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. I want to live in that reality. I want to relive in the fullness of salvation to experience all of the benefits of the Father. To have that, that real, that authentic connection with the heart of God. That we would view Him clearly. That the view of Him would not be distorted by all this stuff. You know, stuff can get in our way. Our, our sin can get in our way. Shame. It can get in our way. It can distort our view of God. Years ago, I was preparing for worship one Saturday night, and in my spirit, I, I heard the Lord say, I am the breath and the sound and you are the reed. I am the breath and the sound, and you are the reed. And, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. There's a picture, like a, a reeded instrument, a saxophone and some uh, like reeded flutes. And you breathe breath into that instrument, and it comes out the other, uh, the other end as a unique and hopefully a, a clear sound. And the Father was saying, that he, as He breathes His life into us, there, 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 there wants to be a, a cleansing of, of ourself, a cleansing of our heart. That as He breathes in, there is a clear sound that can be released to impact the world. That He longs to just remove all of this stuff so that, that we can see Him clearly that we can see Him for who He really is. He wants to heal us spirit, soul, and body. The completeness. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says this, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body keep balance, or keep blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's desire to bring healing to every part of our being, spirit, soul, and body, that we could be sanctified, that we could be made holy, that we could be set apart. 
That we are a people that can see him clearly, that that we're not when we look at each other, that we don't see each other through the eyes of our sin, that we don't see each other through the eyes of our shame, that we don't see each other through the brokenness in our life and the brokenness in our bodies, but that we see each other through the eyes of Christ, that we see him clearly for who he really is. And so tonight, as we as we just kind of look at God as healer, I want to take a look at these three areas. We, as beings, we are made up of a spirit, of a soul, and a body. The soul is our, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so, tonight I want to look at spiritual healing, emotional healing, and physical healing. Spiritual, emotional, and physical. Uh, spiritual, we, we've kind of been talking about that already. It, it really is the greatest healing that we can experience. You know, the eternal healing, the restoration that comes from the cross, the shed blood, you know, our, our debt that was paid. Romans 3.23, we have all sinned, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, the blood of Christ, it was shed for all mankind. It allows us to be spiritually reborn, to be, to be made brand new, to be made whole, to be free from sin. It's that spiritual healing, our salvation through Jesus Christ. It allows us that intimate relationship with the Father to actually know and walk in His benefits. You know, just because we have a, a good Father and just because he, he longs to lavish us with His goodness and with good gifts does not mean that we have positioned ourselves to actually walk in that reality. It doesn't change who He is, but, but there's an accepting of who He is and, and walking in that reality. I'm so grateful for the cross. I'm grateful for the debt that He was paid. And I can just tell you, I'm so grateful that we're not required to get up on the cross. That I am grateful that what is required of us is that we believe that He is who He says He is. Romans 10.9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's good news. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Uh, about three years or three and a half years or so ago, um, Jody and I were in Destin, Florida, where we had planted a church. And at the time, we were we were meeting in a ballroom. It was like a large, it was a high, high rise. You think of like a hotel, but they were condos, and some people lived there all the time. And but there was a lot of them that would be rented out seasonally. And um, it happened to be spring break, and we were doing a night of worship. And so the, the hotel was full of spring breakers. And so we were in this ballroom and we're just doing this night of worship and the presence of God was just so thick in the place. It was just, it was just a wonderful time. And we, we had the doors open and we were probably maybe just a little louder than we should have been. Um, but for people to get back to their rooms, they, they had to pass right by where we were doing the worship. And there was a group of young ladies that I, I reckon they'd been partying or whatever the case may be. 
and they were walking by. And one of the girls, just her heart was arrested by the presence of God. And uh, she came, she came down front. And I remember talking to her, and it was it was amazing because, you know, they'd been partying. They they were on spring break, and you could still smell smell the alcohol all over her. But yes, she was completely sober, and completely just again just captured by the presence of God. And and that night, she gave her life to the Lord. Uh, it was the the old life was gone, and and that night the new life began. And even a year after, when they were visiting, there was a follow up where she she connected with us. And I just love that that the the spiritual healing, the way that God grabs our heart, that He pursues us, and we all have those stories. The way that that He has done that in our life, emotional healing. Psalm one forty seven verse three. He heals the brokenhearted, and He binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted. You know, the word broken, it means to burst, to break into pieces, to crush, to smash. You know, everyone in this room has a story to tell. And it's they all have many different chapters, and some of them are things that we would want to celebrate. We'd want everyone to know about so we could just rejoice and celebrate together. And there's probably other moments that, you know, all of us are really okay just to keep private, keep to ourselves. We all have stories, but probably one thing that we all have in common is we, we understand what it feels like to be broken at some point. You know, whether it's a broken heart, or maybe a, a betrayal, or the loss of a loved one. You know, brokenness comes in many different forms. But no matter what, God is the healer of the broken. And when we read the story of the Good Samaritan, where the man has been beaten and laying on the side of the road, and the different folks come by, but the Samaritan comes and he, 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 he puts this Back in the day, there was a, a mixture of oil and wine, and they would use it to, 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 to cleanse and to bring healing to the wounds, the, the natural wounds. And I just, uh, tonight, and the heart of God is just to release the oil and the wine of His Spirit that would cleanse the wounds of our heart, that would remove the pain that would remove all of the stuff that we can see Him for who He really is. You know, the reality is to actually walk a, a Christian life, the life that we're called to walk, when we don't see Him clearly, man, that is hard. I would say it's impossible. When we, when we try to live a life where we're, we're wanting to be good enough, where, we, where every day we feel like we have to prove ourselves, every day we're trying to become, it'll wear you out really quick. And I'm so grateful for a God who takes such care with our hearts that He is constantly 
pouring out the oil and the wine of His Spirit to cleanse our wounds and to remove the pain. That He doesn't have this attitude, well, I, I created you perfect, I, or I created you one way, and then, you know, you kind of messed it up. Don't blame me. But, he's, but he's, he's, he's made a way. He sent His Son that we could be saved. And He's constantly pursuing us and loving us and cleansing us. He wants to restore the joy of our salvation. Physical healing. We'll close here in just a minute. I just want to read a couple of passages that talk about Jesus. Is that okay? We'll talk about Jesus. Some of his, his finer moments. This is out of Matthew 9, chapter 20. A woman who had been bleeding for 12 years came up, uh, came up behind Jesus and she barely touched his clothes. She said to herself, if I can just touch his clothes, I will get healed. Other translations talk about her reaching out just to touch the hem of his garment. Jesus turned. He saw the woman and said, don't worry. You are now well because of your faith. And at that moment, she was healed. I love that story. I'd love that, just that, that desperation. You know, desperation is the distance between what we can do in our own strength and what we're believing God for. And when we live a life where we got it sorted, if we can get through our life without feeling desperate, it's a good indication that we may need to believe God for a little bit more. That we need to raise our expectation. Because there's a, anyway, he longs to meet us in that desperate place. Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went to every town and village. He taught in their meeting places and he preached the good news about God's kingdom. Jesus also healed every kind of disease and sickness. That's a good vision statement. Let's just go heal every disease and sickness. We'll jump to Luke 17. As he was going into a village, ten men with leprosy came towards him. They stood at a distance and and shouted, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus looked at them and said, Go, show yourself to the priest. On their way, they were healed. And one of them discovered he was healed. He came back shouting praises to God. And he bowed down at the feet of Jesus and he thanked him. Again, remember, the life of Jesus demonstrates God's desire in the earth. That's His desire. To touch us and that we would be the ones that touch the world around us. Several years ago now, probably five years ago, we were in a, a time of worship. There was a, a conference going on um, with some of our friends and it was just a, you know, just one of those really amazing times of worship. Just the power of God showed up and you could just, that electricity was in the room. And, um, after the, the, the service was over, a lady came up to me and she said, um, about a decade ago, she was working with her, her husband. They had a project that they were doing together, a manual labor project that involved hammer and nails and wood, you know, one of those kind of projects. And it was, 
kind of an awkward thing that they were having to do. She was having to hold this board up high, and it was kind of awkward. And then he was hammering the nail in. And you kind of know where this is going. And just a terrible, terrible accident. He came back, and he actually hit her in the side of the head. And I know, obviously, she was just feeling terrible. She actually ended up losing uh, a lot of her hearing in that ear and just, you know, was getting migraine hit headaches on a regular basis and you can imagine i mean he's feeling terrible about it and but she came up and she told me about that and she said during the time of worship it was just and you could feel it as we were worshiping there was just this a measure of faith that was released right in right in that moment and she said she just felt that come on her and just in an instant she was completely healed the presence of God just rushing in, Jehovah Rapha rushing in, just being His name in our midst. No one touched her, no one prayed for it. It was just acknowledging Him. And, and there He is, the faithful one, the one who heals. I just, I, I am so grateful for a God who heals. I am so grateful for a God who is consistent in all of His ways. I mean, uh, Jody sometimes takes her a minute to figure out what mood I'm in in the morning. You know, can can we go there this morning with things? <laughs> I am so grateful that that God is He is always on the throne and He is consistent in every aspect of His nature. And so, uh, what I'd like to do to to close tonight, I just, I just I love God's stories. I we could we could spend a while just talking about the way that, that God has, has shown up and, and He's just showed off and, and touched so many lives. And, but I just wanted to take some time and, and uh, let's, just, let's just pray for one another. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, please visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. 